Hey, nice. it's uh, Steer Nova Podcast, episode 97. Wow. Ooh. We have Curtis or Specs, whatever you want to go by. <laughs> and I, I don't even say Curtis Specs, Thompson, you know, whoever asking, you know. If you're the government, you know, I got to say Curtis, but, you know, anybody else, you know, Specs. Nice. Uh, you actually wanted to be on a creator drop-in when we were doing Breakfast Talk, like, last year. And what you actually want to talk about um on there but you didn't show up or you were busy or something was um having a fictional world like gotham or like real world like jersey and comics yeah so we could totally talk about that yeah great um, memory i totally forgot <laughs> I, I, don't have, I don't have a great memory i just looked that past messages so <laughs> okay okay yeah, like, he hasn't has memory to look up stuff that's about yeah. it he's just like he's like i think we talked about something what was it <laughs> <laughs> yeah we that's, that's that. awesome and then um, you do have a Kickstarter, so I'll uh, be promoting that in like the show notes and stuff. When okay, okay. Out. So, yeah. Cool. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, first off, just give us like a brief uh, overview of your your world of comics. So, not just like the comic you might have created, but like what how what got you into comics and what are you actually doing in the comic world? All right. Well, here's my origin story. <laughs> so, um, I'm Curtis Specs Thompson. I'm the um, creator of the Legacy of You, and I guess currently, you know, uh, Boots, which is my spinoff series. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm a DJ, and I do marketing for uh, different. I have done marketing for, for different artists in the music industry. Um, father too, you know. Um, basically, that's what I do. You know. Uh, I got a full time job at Big Box, uh, retailer. <laughs> nice. Um, um, but other than that, to get how I got in comics is basically, uh, I guess my first memory of you know actual a comic book. Uh, my sister's friend worked at a comic book shop, and she, uh, I, I, just to make the story sound good, I think uh, Batman animated series, Spider Man, X Men was going on at the time. Those animated shows, I believe, it was going on. So I guess to keep my interest going, she um, brought me a couple comic books from her shop. Uh, a couple I remember off top was a, um, a collaboration between Gambit and uh, uh, Cyclops. Oh, Gambit and uh, Bishop. It was because uh, Children of the Atom. I remember that. Um, um, Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern comic books. Uh, but the one that stuck out the most was a, the first Young Justice uh comic uh uh back in the 90s you know uh that's i've had a couple issues with that and you know just characters you know that i should have knew about but you know i i i, I tend to love them what's was like robin superboy impulse so like and just i knew the flash batman and superman to see a younger version of who they're supposed to be at and i was i guess gravitated towards them i guess like how everybody should have did marketing wise for DC, but um, yeah, yeah. From there, you know, I just you know grew different things. You know, uh, eventually, you know, I started drawing and writing my own stories and trying to place my own stuff in these stories, like in like in Dragon Ball Z and X Men and uh, stuff like that. Which uh, by the time I got in high school, I created the View, which is totally different than he was in, when I was in high school. And back in high school, he was part of, like 
like like the third or fourth class of a, like X Men, like kind of like the New Mutants and stuff like that. You know, he was more like a combination of like Forge and uh, Gambit. Uh, so you know, I got out of high school. You know, basically lost interest. Not lost interest, but it had other things going on besides comic books and anime and stuff like that. And um, I believe in 2018, uh, talking with my fiance uh, about what we used to do in high school, and I told her I used to write stories and draw and stuff. And um, she wanted me to, you know, get back into it or try to do it again. And you know, so I looked it up and about you know trying to make your own stories, comic books, and how to uh, submit stuff to DC because I think I had some stories about. Uh, um, like a what if story with Storm and uh, Wolverine's kid, and a what if story with uh, I want to say Nightfire, and that was like Starfire's and Nightwing's kid. I can't remember. Uh, and I came across an article that says, Don't try to write for Batman, write a story uh, to be that uh, the next Batman, uh, because. I, I to this day I still can't find the article I read that on. Maybe it was just God just put it so you know I go my own path. But uh, basically, it said like most time when you submit them story to DC, Marvel, etc., um, they'll turn your story down or whatever. Then like months later, you see that same story you gave it to them. They said it wasn't good enough. They tweaked it a little bit and put it out themselves. And, ba- and or you just never have ownership of that story. Or you do have ownership and you be doing getting did dirty like the uh, the writers in Mar- uh, Marvel right now with their movies and episodes. Yeah. So, so uh, with that, you know, I went back to, in the old in the old um, back pocket and pulled out the view and revamped it into uh, the story is today, which is uh, about a high school teenager. You know, that's uh, trying to get in the music industry. You know, as a musical engineer. So I just incorporate like stuff that, you know, in my life that I went through and stuff that, you know, I think was cool to superhero and I developed legacy to view. That's awesome. That's cool. Very cool. I was actually so, going to ask when you actually started writing and all that stuff. Cause I started writing 2014 and then it didn't actually become a thing until like 2017. But let's see, like I said, I wrote in high school, but like the story yeah. would be like, uh, uh, space, you know, it did an adventure with Goku and stuff like that. But I, I had pages and pages and pages of this stuff. Like, I had one of them, uh, three prong notebooks that I can just put the pages in there, and I had yeah. the reinforcement tabs on it so I don't get it so old. <laughs> I had to get ripped out. Like, I had stuff like that. So, like, nice, but writing the view definitely would have been like either late 18, but definitely 19. Cause I think the what, first book I put out was nineteen. What What was your character name when you're flying through space with Goku? Um, well, I had a family, <laughs> so uh, I was in a story, but the, uh, it was my my kids that uh, was with them. So like, there was like C time, which is like my name is Curtis Thompson. So like C E for Curtis and T O N for Thompson. <laughs> then, <laughs> uh, like Ertis, like Curtis, uh. <laughs> Then uh, I had two twins named uh, Rocky and Rookie. Uh, I think I had one more kid. No, then that was it. Yeah. So just like that, then each one of them, 
like Seton would be like the Dragon Ball Z fighter type shows. Then one twin would be like the robots. Other twin would be like the Monster Hunter. The other ones like the uh, space Jedi ones. Like it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the thing we were mentioning uh, early on the uh, that building that you know that Gotham like world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like you, like you like to, you like to look at some of the stuff that you've enjoyed and then try to create your own world around it. What was the uh, the idea about the Gotham world building that you liked? Uh, which it really was uh, just like um, trying to get some story building for my own world. But since then, you know, I done I done dove a little deeper. Um, in my world, um, it's J A W G A. You know, um, pronounced Georgia, or if you read it out, Georgia. You know, just a different take on it, and it's really. If you look in history, Georgia used to be a bigger state. It had uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and some of Tennessee connect to it. So in my story, it never separated. So I wrote like a storyline that explains what happened, why it never separated, like the event that made it separate, it got stopped. So in my world, Georgia was like a really, well, like, is, is it called a superpower state? I don't know. But it's like it's a big state like New York, California, Texas, that type of state now. Yeah. Because then if you just go from history, you know, all kind of music, all kind of food, all kind of sports teams and stuff was all in, in, in all three of them you know, states. So now it's one big state. So it's even bigger. <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. And yeah. so in that, um, <clears throat> when so when you were saying, let's see, like, was the idea to build a world with like the villains in the background like Gotham or do you mean like Gotham from the old Batman? Like meaning like you mean like the TV show Gotham where it's focused around villains uh, kind of like growing up and like becoming who they are? Or do you mean like the city Gotham in the sense that it's a dark city and like there's dangerous stuff? Just uh, when I said Gotham, I meant like uh, how it it is New York, but not New York. So like uh, in my story... It's so many examples now. So do you I, mean like, yeah? Do you mean like how DC has Metropolis? I feel like Metropolis is more New York City, and Gotham's more like New Jersey, right across the river, well, or like I, Chicago, like you know, but like well, it's well, meant to be right next to it. I'm not sure <clears throat> when when I read it what it was because you know there's been so many crises that changed up things. But I was told it's supposed to be Metropolis is daytime New York and Gotham is nighttime New York. Oh, that's a cool take that on that. I haven't thought about that. Yeah, that was supposed to be the take on it. Uh, I heard some people say Jer- Jersey, but I think there's a. I think that's, I think Bloodhaven's Jersey. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think that's mm. what. It is. Yeah. So, so, uh, so basically, your idea is taking because this is kind of similar to what we've done with our world. Is that our first comic starts in a city called Sear City, but mm-hmm. it's literally the the city Greg grew up in. But we took the Google map layout of it, so like the street grids, and mm-hmm. then we're like knocking buildings down and replacing them with skyscrapers and like a 3D model, okay. right? Like that's kind of like how we're doing that. Like, so is that what you mean? Like taking a city that is already recognizable, changing the name, adding new features to it so it's yours, but like trying to emulate that? Yeah, so like mine's Georgia. So like I will say a city name. I will say Augusta or uh... – Birmingham or Atlanta or you know Memphis or something like that in my story, but like it would be like oh so and so attacked 
in Atlanta, boom, or so and so is from you know Memphis. But in the story, wise, it'll go, it'll be so vague that you oh you may think they're in you know Georgia or Alabama just by the setting. I, I'll never say because in whole it's all supposed to be Georgia anyway in my world. But I wanted to connect with the uh, it's southern world, so you know anybody who's in this area will resonate with it. Say, oh, they're down south, so I won't really say oh you know this right here is taking place in in um, Atlanta. Like let's say let's say they're at the um, Mercedes Benz Stadium. It may look like it, or it could be at the. Um, uh, what's you don't you don't say it is Atlanta. You, you just try to emulate that city. Like you might yeah, give it like a different if, name. If it's needed, you know, I'll say it's Atlanta. Like one of the uh, the villains, he's from Atlanta, a certain part part of Atlanta. But yeah, you know that in textual information. But looking at it, it'll just look like a southern place unless i need a, like a key landmark or something but you just might think it's the south but if i need to verbally or say in text that oh this is where you're at to bring the point home but other than that you just may think it's you know a football stadium you may think it's uga stadium but really alabama stadium was really whoever stadium it just got the atmosphere of the south and you, and you just resonate with it that's very cool <clears throat> I also didn't know that uh, part of Tennessee was in Georgia too, because I'm I'm over in Nashville. So like, if it went all the way out to Memphis, that's a pretty. Uh... So if you look at the map, you see you will see Georgia, Alabama, and uh, Mississippi, right? And yeah. it's, it's like if you use your hand, it's probably like a three centimeters of like Tennessee or an inch of Tennessee that they used to be a part of. Yeah, like the, like the right third kind of thing. No, at the bottom, this is straight along the bottom half of it. Oh, literally like a sliver. Of, oh, okay. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's free. Wow. That's crazy. That's a cool idea though. I like that. Cause like, that's like I said, that's similar to what we did was we wanted to, we want, we want to build our own world. We, we, we definitely went, uh, it's funny. Cause like I prefer, um, Marvel comics in the sense that I think that for the most part, they're more realistic than DC. Like in DC, you have, you know, the God of Superman, you have the green lantern who can literally will anything into existence. Right. Yeah. Like they're all like super OP. And in, in, in uh, Marvel, there are some characters like that, but like the characters they focus around like Captain America, right. Or mm -hmm. Iron Man, like they're still human. Like they can be hurt. Right. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> So I've always liked that, but we also like the fact that we didn't want to be bound by the fact that uh, if we're in our world, right, like if we say we're in the United States, there's certain things that are like going to inherently be there, right? So like maybe, for example, we don't want the structure of the government to work the way it does. We want it to work a different way so that we can have our plot, have a cooler idea like, oh, maybe there's these three things that are involved that are different than normal. So mm -hmm. instead, we're trying to find areas that we like and then turn them into our own cities and now it got to the point where Greg literally built out an entire like earth that we have a new yeah. name for with new continents <laughs> where we have new cities. Like it's entirely different, which is awesome, but it's still inspired by the real world, but it's cool having the metropolis and having the Gotham. Cause then when you're like, what, like if you think it's New York city, but then it has like bullet trains, right? That's not yeah. realistic because it doesn't, right? It still has the old subways. So it's, cool to be able to alter it without it you know just being like oh it's yeah it's like in the future it's like no we have different rules in our world um and being able to still take from our world but make it so that it's our own is very cool yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so um wh where are you based again 
Um, right now, I'm currently in Augusta, Georgia. It's like two hours away from Atlanta. It's right on the coast of uh, Carolina and uh, Georgia. If, gotcha. if, you're, if you're a Did golf you fan, up there? it's where, it's where the, uh, the Masters are held at. Oh, very cool. Nice. Yeah. Uh, is, is that where you uh, grew up or were raised? Yeah, born and raised, yeah. Nice. All right, cool. So what what do you think – um, outside of like the landmark, you mentioned like you're trying to make sure that people feel like it's a, you know, a Southern comic, which is cool with like the visual stuff. What do you think in your storytelling you're really getting from that as well? Like what's, what's some of the, the ideas that you're putting in your comics you don't see in other comics that you think is because of like where, where you are now? Um, the dialogue as well as, uh, I incorporated certain, um, uh artists like uh uh like um music artists in my first book um they gave me the green light to use that image so i put them in my book so like people may outside here know who they are because i think one one artist is uh pretty popular the other one's pretty you know central but uh just that like people down here would know exactly oh that's so-and-so but uh definitely in the dialogue because my editor is from uh um, New York, and we go back and forth. He's like, yeah, it don't make sense. I don't understand. Like, no, that's how it's said down here. Like, keep it like that. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> um, just that. And most people I talk to, they're from here who bought the book. So they're like, oh, yeah, I, I really felt that how they were speaking because, you know, uh, it sounded right coming from uh, reading from their tongue. Like, oh, it just slid around my tongue how you know what it was talking about and just uh, certain terms you know is only used down here that you know not use other places and stuff like that yeah like Id- idioms and stuff like that like little mm-hmm. like yeah slight slight phrases that like yeah out of context can mean nothing but in context yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very cool it's interesting you have an editor in new york too because you get someone with such a different perspective to edit it well, you can still go, well, actually, I, I get what you're saying, but no, this makes sense in down here. So that's kind of a cool idea because they're going to they're gonna catch some stuff you won't catch just because you're writing it. And they're yeah. looking at it from a totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's awesome. Because, like, for example, uh, I edit the comics that Greg writes. So Greg, Greg writes out the story that I, I wouldn't come up with that idea. But now that he's got that, I'm like, okay, right, let, let's try to, like, guide that. So Because I'm, I'm coming from – like, I, I'm a – you know, former mechanical engineer. I'm not a creative, right? I'm not a writer. <laughs> and so like, I have a totally different perspective. I'm more on like the English grammar and things like that. And I'm looking at it from like, okay, well, like, let's make sure that this makes sense. But then he's like, well, it needs to end up like this. And it's like, okay, well, how can we get there, you know, along the way? So it's, it's very cool to work with uh, an editor who has a totally different perspective. Mm-hmm. Nice. What, what's, uh, is there anything that your editor has changed that, at first, like you were like, I'm not sure about, but like you ended up like liking it. Is there anything like you know the New York that got dabbled in there a bit? I won't say I liked it, <laughs> but like um, since my comic is music based, uh, sometimes it uh, like issue two is specifically issue two. So uh, before he kicks his door in to, to go fight the villains. He's quoting. Uh, he started started quoting a a, a a rap song, but it's like an underground rap song that's you know popular down here. It may have reached New York, but I'm not sure. 
And he was like, "What did he? What's he talking about? What's he talking about?" And I was like, "It's he's actually singing the song before he does the thing." He said, "It don't make sense because you know he don't know the reference from the song." So uh, I had, of course, I had to sing the reference of the song, but then he cut it down and took some words out, so you still know it's a song, but it, it still fit because before I think like the words took up a good part of the panel, and it was like one of them pages that had like five, six panels in it, but with with him, it, it made the panel come out more. So I didn't like it, but it worked, <laughs> and people still got the reference. So, you know. Yeah. Definitely something that, um, like, sometimes when Greg's been, Greg will write, like, uh, like he'll write a scene where there's, like, either too much dialogue um, or, like, there's too much back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. So, because, like, there's a difference. Like, there can be, like, small snippets of dialogue, but if there's, like, six back and forths, even if it's just one-liners, when you try to, like, letter that out, like, you're not going to see any of, like, the background art, which is sometimes pretty important for a particular scene. So, yeah, it's always good to have an editor, like, look it over for, you know, that sake. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What's, what's something that is there, – has there been anything that your editor was adamant about changing and you were like, no, we're keeping this? Sound effects. Sound effects? What, yeah. what, are some, what are some of the sound effects? Uh, was it... I don't... Uh, is, when, it, when it comes to fighting, I, I guess the same lingo type thing, like, I'm, I might say, oh yeah, he fought him, he hit him, and it was like, bat, bat, bat. But he might want it to be like, oh, bat, bat, bat sounds bad, so make, make it like, boom, pow, pow. And I'm like, no, that sounds, that sounds corny, but... <laughs> You know, if you tell the story with your homeboys, you'd be like, Yeah, you know, I hit him. I'm like, I'm like, bap, 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 and hit him. And he's like, No, it don't sound right. It looks cool. And like, back and forth like that. It's funny. No, that's awesome. No, that's cool. Cause like that, that, that's pretty interesting because, yeah, when it comes to like the comic book sounds, there are some like classic sounds, like the pow, that like really, when you look at it now, just because they've been around for so long, they, they almost seem cheesy. Where like back in the day, it's like, like it makes sense yeah. but like nobody says that anymore when they punch someone right like that's definitely yeah. something i picture my grandfather being like yeah i was at the bar and somebody tried to fight me and pow, right in the face like <laughs> but you know like I, I feel like that doesn't happen anymore so it's cool to i never thought about that like the mnemonics like the sound effects like having the uh the that be different um because yeah. like we we have our letterer like sometimes we'll just tell him what the sound is we won't give him the new like the the mnemonic word right like we won't write out bap we'll just say like they're punching mm -hmm, and then yeah. we kind of just let our letterer play with it and sometimes he just comes up with cool stuff or i'm like I yeah like uh, about one that. one for our remaster that's coming out finally is uh a knife is like i was thinking of that rock. too like yeah it's scraping across like rock skin so you would have to yeah, it's like metal on rock it's like a shing thing but we didn't know how to like write that out so like yeah just like make the sound of metal <laughs> scraping on rock and then yeah. like yeah he wrote that out See, yeah, I, I, this I, I was lucky i found this thing on the internet it's called it's called a the comic book sound effects bible or something like that so like is i and think now the, i'm looking that up <laughs> i think i think uh the oldest i mean the newest comic in there is probably from the 90s but you can type in like Iceman shoots ice blast and they'll have a panel of Iceman shooting ice blast and different sound effects they'll use when he shot his ice ice blast out. So I was use, I've been using that. So it, but it's old. Yeah, it, that's it, cool though, because like think about it. Like the people that worked on comics back in like the you know sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties, like that was when comic books, like you could make a company that made a ton of money making a pumping out a bunch of comics, paying artists to stay on salary. Like now I feel like that's not as doable 
mm-hmm. um, and instead you kind of have to have one-off creators that make something really powerful, a story, and builds a fan base, and then they can get published by some big uh, publishing company, and that's how they kind of capitalize on it, turn it into movies and all of that. Um, but those sound effects back then, like they really had to think about it. Like, what does it sound like when ice shoots out of hands? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. so like they're in the they're, they're in like some they, they probably sat in a room and they were like I don't know like shring shrew shah like something like you know and then they, like some of them they they might have even um do you, do you know what folly is like uh like the sound effects they make for movies? Uh, yeah, I'm mean, asking a guy. On, uh, it's a guy on TikTok. He does pretty or foley foley. That's what it's called. Sorry, foley. Yeah, I, I, I mean. I, I didn't know that's a word, but I see a guy. He he does the sound effects. He like shows how these sound effects were created for movies. Like like he had a whole bunch of different pots and pans and all kind of like hair yeah. and stuff. He just makes sounds. I was like, that's yeah, it is. Yeah, it is Foley. F O L E Y. In case you ever want to look that up, but like that was the thing. It's like sometimes they probably maybe they did. Maybe they took ice and they like threw it against metal and recorded it. And then they're <laughs> like, what did that sound like? You know what I mean? Like I I always wondered like how they did that because some of those sounds like. I would never come up with like the letters that they put together to make it be like, Shoo! like it is like, what was that? And, like they write down letters to make that sound. So it's pretty cool coming up with your own as well as like being able to research the old ones. I'm still trying to look for this thing. Comic I book. think it's com- I think it's comic book uh, FX. Oh, maybe that's why I just spelled out effects FX. Comic book effects sound snap. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that stuff up later because that's that's like really cool because that is something like we've struggled with. And for the most part, we just kind of like trust our letterer to do it. He's really good anyways. But mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that at some point we're going to come across a sound that's really unique to what we're doing. And we might have to find like a new idea for it. Um, and it could even be as simple as like like uh, one, one of our characters has like these glowing tattoos that will do that will do like powers and with that, it's like some of them will, might just make the sound of whatever the tattoo is. And some of them might be like really unique and we might have to come up with some weird sound for it. So that's definitely, that's definitely very cool. Um, I guess, the, I guess that'll be another question for you. What other than the sound effects Bible, which sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> what, what else have you found that has been like a go-to resource for creating comics for you? Um, <laughs> Nothing really. Um, I used to shoot music videos uh, a couple of years ago. It for like a good, a good part of my life, right? Really, but uh, uh, so I was already like helping these artists make stories with their music through these 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 scenes that they, they just wanted, but they didn't know how to use. So just, my ability to make a, a a film treatment that way helped me um, make my panels and my scenes of uh, how I wanted the comic to look. Like, when I give my uh, script to my artist, you know, I might have, say, like, Chaz, which is a view, is um, has a sit on the, on the bench, and the camera's behind him. He's looking towards the basketball goal. I make, or the camera's at a 45-degree angle on the ground looking up, uh, stuff like that, or, you know, it's a, it's a dark tone right on this scene right here I, I have specific stuff like that which you know i can visually see if i'm looking through the camera how it's supposed to be and i just tell him to draw it that way so i think that that helped me or uh, if i'm doing a page um i don't have have every scene by scene on there like um the view he can spawn weapons so like not every time i show him spawning the weapon 
you might not see him in one panel with the weapon. Next panel, he just has it. You just already know he can. He's spawning the weapon. I don't have to show him doing that same motion over and over again. Are you talking? Because you're muted. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can mute myself just in case to, oh. I make noises, but um, I keep coughing over here. So what I was going to say was that that's really cool because Greg and I, um, like when we're writing out panels, sometimes like some panels were just like, this is the scene that's happening. And like, you know, we let the, the writer or the illustrator kind of do their thing. And then there's other scenes like one of our one of my favorite scenes, I'm sure it's probably one of Greg's favorite scenes in uh, the rework of issue one is a scene from an alleyway where we, we have a view from like an apartment window looking down at it, right? So it's just like, you know, if I was to film it, that's what I'd want to see, like this third eye perspective from like a random apartment window where you can see the whole alleyway, you see the guy walking, you see a van following him from behind, as opposed to just some like a third, you know, just uh, what's it called, like the ISO view looking down at him. Having the frame be like the windowsill and like there's a plant on the windowsill stuff like that like those small little details can make uh the storytelling really powerful and i feel like that's that definitely is that i feel like that comes more from seeing movies and working with that because uh, like you know that's something like when I, when I was really young i used to play around with uh video editing but like you know, the old Windows Movie Maker before they got rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which is so fun. Like me, me, and my friend, and my cousin used to play around with it. And I'd always like think about like you know those scenes from a movie that were really cool. I'm like, how, why was it cool? And like, what one of the things actually that I did to get better at describing that stuff to uh, to uh, the, our artists is you know you've ever seen the uh, this book here, the How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, so ex excellent book. Even if you like, you're you're not learning to draw because when I'm writing some of the stuff, like uh, I, I knew bird's eye view. That's a really common phrase for a lot of things. Like even in like a, like a business setting, like oh, we need a bird's eye view of this like campaign or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like when it come when it came to like that ground view, I didn't know what to call it, and now I know it's called worm's eye view. Like that, just being able to write that because I know an illustrator is more likely to recognize what that means, anyways. And then I learned like close up, mid shot, long shot, um, discussing panoramic panels, things like that, where it's like across the whole page and includes a little more detail uh, in the width and, and not so much fine point detail. Like that stuff was like super helpful. Um, like th that's that was basically one of my first resources for trying to figure out how to edit the comics in a way that our artists, because I think the first problem with us was uh, when Greg first wrote the comics, he wrote them like a, a movie storyboard. actually. Yeah. yeah. Storyboard. And so when we gave that to a, uh, an artist, he just drew what he wrote. But sometimes like one of the scenes had like six movements in it. And I'm like, what? Like you can't do that in one panel. Like that's not how comic books work. <laughs> it's a different medium. Right. Like in, in in um, a movie, you can have a fight scene last 20 minutes. That would be like 18 pages of like, you know, punch and re retract, right? Like you have to figure out how to like make that stuff look cool without it taking up so much space essentially. And so like learning, learning that stuff, uh, the, the comic book design concept was super helpful um, for that. So yeah, that's why I was curious. Any other uh, things? So that movie background is really cool. The sound effect Bible is a, is a very cool resource. Yeah, I, I definitely find the link and send it to y'all. So yeah. Yeah, de I definitely because like that, that's such a cool thing for any creator to be able to have. We'll have to put that in like the the show notes. Yeah. Um. Cool. So I guess uh, 
You're gonna. You're, are you running a Kickstarter soon? I'm, I'm currently run, yeah, running one right now. now. Running right now. When did it start? When did it start? I think it started last Monday. Last Monday. Cool. So you're about a week in. It was um, like 24 days or something left. 24 days left? Cool. So like when this releases, probably 20, 20 days. When, when does this come out, Greg? Uh, I probably will put this out. This will go first before the... Uh, I just realized uh, it's probably going to go out before the other one. come out Wednesday, too. So like, oh, okay, so they just both come out Wednesday? Cool. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Two, uh, two episodes Wednesday. So let's come out Wednesday. So yeah, like 20 days Twenty days left for the Kickstarter. So what's first off, what is your Kickstarter uh, URL? What, or what's the uh, name of it? Um, it's Legs of the View, number four, and Boots, uh, Japanese letters, <laughs> uh, chapters one through four. All right, cool. I'm going to pull that up real quick. Let's see. Do we have... Um... <laughs> Greg, do you have a oh there it is. There's a link in some place. Yep. Let me do screen share, share screen, share screen, and screen one boom. Nice. So there we go. So yeah, so you, you can see this, right? Yeah, yeah, I can. Awesome. All right. So what's your goal? You got fifteen hundred for the goal. You're about a third of the way there, and you're only um, you know, a weekend, which is awesome. Uh, tell us a bit about this. Like, what uh, what's the what are some of the reward tiers here? Uh, so basically, um, you know, I got a flagship combo. You know, Legacy of You. Uh, I'm ending the story arc. I'm doing right now with issue four. So of course, you gonna you get that in digital and physical. But the real treat of this Kickstarter, I'm releasing my spin-off series, Boots, the Girl the Robot Boots, which is a manga. And I'm giving away, uh, as you can see by that link right there, that's the first chapter. You get it for um, for free. You get to see how it is. Uh, but by doing this, by uh, participating in this Kickstarter, you will get the next four chapters uh, throughout the year as they get done. So, like, this one Kickstarter is for five books total. So, like, you uh, <laughs> get chapter two in two months, chapter three. You know, four more, et cetera, et cetera, until you know we get to five. Then, then I put out the uh, the volume version. So, like the benefit of the Kickstarter, you get if you choose, you get the physical of the chapter one, chapter two, which I won't be putting out. The manga will only be chapters come out in digital form, but the manga, if you want it physical, it's gonna be in volume form, like typical how we get it over here in America. So, like you get the chapters one through. One, five in a manga form, I mean in a uh, novel form, and that'd be the physical form you can get, which is a uh, probably be released next year. And, and do you say that's that's with the um, the five dollar tier, or is it with uh, every with every tier? Well, it, 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 well, it says what you get in a tier. So I think uh, I know for sure uh, tier the twenty dollar tier you get you know uh, chapter. Well, I think twenty dollars you get. Yeah, twenty dollars you get the chapter one through four, and you get um, Legacy of View, uh, digital and the physical. Nice, yeah, I'm looking at that now. I also love the naming convention. That's something that uh, Greg and I, uh, you know, whenever we're working on these uh, uh -huh. Kickstarters, we love coming up with like the cool names for these. And I like the yeah, bag of mixed nuts, the Snickers bar, <laughs> big bag of chips. <laughs> yeah, uh, sack lunch. We got here lunchbox, digital ketchup, nice TV dinner. I just did that for our um, horror anthology last year. Yeah, <laughs> combo meal, to go box, 
Hibachi, that's awesome. <laughs> love it. Love me some hibachi. Casino buffet. Casino buffet. Celebrity five course meal. The royal feast. Yeah, that's, these are some awesome ideas. Um, yeah, and this artwork's phenomenal. Is this the same? Is this a different artist for the uh, for the uh, um, the view? Yeah. Um, so um, the view is definitely a, a different guy. Uh, Boots has a different artist uh, for that. Uh, is uh, it goes by David. Can't pronounce his last name, but uh, he's from the Philippines. He does boots, and uh, is a guy I found. Um, he says he's been drawing for a while. I don't think he has that many like titles under his belt. He probably had he he's on and off with another guy on a, a webtoons project, but like he's really serious about my project. So I think this is probably he this is the one that he shows off the most on his Facebook is my project. So I believe he is the first real project somebody actually um hired him to be on full time on. Where is it where is he from again? The Philippines. He's from the Philippines. Is that his right name? Is that his name right there? Kazuki? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably that's probably how it's pronounced because that's uh yeah it's all in Japanese. I wonder if that's his last name or like just a uh, a uh, name because it's like uh, that, that's like a very Japanese sounding name. <laughs> well, I asked. I, well, I got I work with some Filipinos and I asked them what like, what, what it is. They said it's Japanese, so he's probably trying to uh, get the Japanese like people who want manga. Or yeah, that makes get, sense. Get yeah, them, but, but he's really from the Philippines. But you know, it's huh. it works, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very cool. Yeah, it's been a minute since I've been studying Japanese and just looking at the symbols and stuff. It's very cool. Well, I, I use Google Translate for the, the symbols, so. <laughs> yeah, what does that say? It says like uh, ro something like Roboshito Room, something like that. Wow, you're pretty good. Yeah, it's a girl. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a girl in robot shoes. Ah, okay. All right, that makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, ro yeah. Ro robot. Yeah. That's funny. Cause so something interesting about Japanese is whenever there's a word that didn't originate in Japanese, they will use what's called katakana characters to spell out the word similar to an English word. So yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. So what was that? Robo shito, uh, butsu. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I can't read that last part, but I, I I know I recognize it. It's like the female uh, character. I can't remember what these. I know it's two something, but yeah, that's very cool. Nice. And and I kind of looked at uh, the artwork for um, the view, and it's it's interesting because you do have a manga style artwork in the sense that it's you know, or like even anime, like it's very uh, fast and sharp, right? It's like you know, like even like these explosions here, like the way that they're drawn, it's very. Uh, it's very cool. Yeah, um, that was actually a panel from issue three. So, like, um, the artist, you know, he's the traditional Western comic guy, even though he's from Nigeria, but he's he does Western style comics. So he he by working together for these years, he done seen that I like anime and stuff like that, and he's trying to make it like a hybrid of uh. This yeah, I was gonna say like because like. Like this drawing right here, like this looks very classic Marvel, but like then this silhouette is very like, uh, do you remember, uh, was it the Go Teen Titans, the cartoon? Um, yeah. you, you can tell that that's kind of got some anime esque uh, features to it when it's when it's drawn. 
um, even though it's like very cartoonish, but like the explosions are very like drawn out. This silhouette style is very cool. Like that gives me some, uh, uh, what's the show? The art Archer. You ever see Archer? Yeah. Yeah. Like the intro to that, like that kind of vibe or like be- uh, cowboy bebop. Right. Mm-hmm. Actually, I found that out the other day. I was like, I watched the, the intro to cowboy bebop and I realized like, uh, Archer is like directly from that. I was like, it, it looks, if you watch them side by side, it's, it's like so evident, um, where, where the inspiration came. But um, yeah, it's very cool. What's uh, what's one of your uh, favorite panels that you have uh, laid out here? Uh, well, uh, the, I guess the studio one. You know, the dialogue there is pretty funny because they was in a studio recording a song, and it, it took a while. So, like, it's uh, <laughs> it's timestamps on the page before that and that one, and so you see Chaz. Is finally done, you know, mixing and matching the songs and telling everybody, let's go. I'm done. Come on, listen to the track in their sleep because they'd have been drinking and they're having fun the whole time while he's been working this studio. <laughs> and I, it been times where I've been with artists and I've seen the thing happen. Like, everybody, like, I remember, I don't know what year it was. It was uh, a New Year's and everybody was all like the artist he was recording doing his thing. But his friends and entourage was just drinking uh, black rose, uh, like inviting like Instagram girls to come, like, oh, you want to hang out with so and so? Come to the studio. So it's all just going on. It went for hours and hours and hours, and people passed out. Then, like, four o'clock in the morning, the guy's like, I'm finally done doing my mixtape. I'm like, dang, like, where you been at? I thought you done went home. Like, <laughs> but it, it got so bad that he had to stop, like, leave the booth and Play stop and record on his own music and go back in the booth and record because everybody else is partying and stuff. Like, it was wild. Nice, that's yeah. awesome. That's very cool. Also, is that uh, is that your PC? No, that's one of the uh, the fans. He uh, took a picture and I just thought it was cool display of the product, so I just used. Oh it. yeah, that's that's hella cool. And then I like the uh, what's it called the uh, keyboard there. My cousin builds PCs on so like just you know. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that was very cool because, like, uh, yeah, my my um my brother's like a recording engineer, like he's a like a record producer, so that's like the stuff that we're doing. So that's why this is very cool, like the comic the comic book music overlap. Yeah. And uh, the interesting thing is that that's like a big deal for musicians and artists is that comic books were like a huge thing back in like the '90s and the '80s for like even hip hop that was huge, like that was referenced in hip hop music all the time, and uh, what's it called? Uh, in 2018, I went to the New York Comic Con, and there was an entire panel called "Musicians Make Comics." And uh, the the reason I was even there was because there's a company called IT Comics that came out with the comic uh, called Neon Future, right? And so this one here, um, where's my mouse over here? There we go. Th- this one here is with Steve Aoki as a character in here. Oh. And so he worked with them, and then they they came out with uh, six series of the, or six issues of this. They came out with another one called um, Hexagon that was based off of uh, DJ Don Diablo, and so it's really cool because at that um, at the con- uh, Comic Con uh, was a DMC was there, and I didn't know he made comics. And literally, it's called DMC, which is Daryl makes comics. And so he's got that. And then there was two other artists there that were younger, so I didn't recognize them. Um, but there was two other artists there that uh, they also were making their own comics. And I thought that was, like, really cool. Like, because before that, I didn't really know how involved it was. And then I started listening to some of my, like, my old records. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, 
that actually is like in a lot of these songs. Like I never really registered it. Um, but yeah, so it's a very cool thing to yeah. see that you went, you were in the music world and then comics inspired you to go through and create this stuff, but you actually kept the music world in it, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We were actually thinking, uh, in the future, we we're going to be making comics for like musicians. So there's actually like a rapper, I think that Dylan knows or. Yeah, it was uh, one of the artists that we work with. I think it's his brother or his cousin. I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, basically, yeah, I, I just showed him some of these comics, and he was like, whoa, like I would love this. And that's something that yeah we've talked about in the future is um, setting up a way to create comics. Because like Greg and I obviously talk to creators all the time. We know creators around the world that create different types of comics for different things. And we're like, I bet that we could like come up with a service where if somebody wants a comic made, we could – you know, show them all the different artwork and go, which of these artists do you want to work with? And specifically, uh, like Chance the Rapper, the reason he made so much money is he gave his music away for free and then made all his money on uh, merchandise and shows. And so by doing that route, like you can actually potentially make more money as an artist selling a comic book about yourself than you could as a comic book creator creating comics, right? So it's like... Yeah, so like that, that's part of the reason why we've created our platform the way it is, is we have a bunch of digital comics on our platform. We let you sign up for free, and we want to add all these other things that you can buy to support the artist. That's why we have merchandise. We want a video game set up. Like, it's a see, very cool idea. See, that's what that's what I'm having trouble at right now. Because uh, comic book, I can still comic books. You know, I grew up comic books, you know. Uh, but I was a little too old for the manga and anime stuff, like... You know, I like I said, now I, I I grew up around the time like Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon and stuff like that. But like when Naruto came out, I was already in high school, and then, yeah, I was like, eh, you know. Yeah, that's that's exactly <laughs> same here. <laughs> so uh, now when I'm trying to sell my manga, you know, the Boots manga, uh, manga readers don't buy chapters like that. They yeah. of course buy the volumes. Or they just have subscription fee. So I was like, okay, I have a subscription on my website. And just, they get chapters that way. I was like, well, Jump Magazine, they got one for like 2 or $3. How am I going to compete with that when they can pay $3 and get Sulu amounts of you know manga they can read? And they pay for mine, they get what, three titles, you know, for like five, ten bucks. Um, then, yeah, that's the site here, right? Yeah. And you can see the tab. I got the tab ready to go for that when I was just talking about the webtoons. But um, um, no, then I was like, okay, they might want to support, you know, independent art. I mean, uh, creator. You know, they might do it anyway. Then I thought about webtoons. People going to webtoons and reading webtoons for free. So how do I compete like with this other manga? You know, going on. So that's really what I'm thinking about it. and. You just gave me an idea, maybe buying merchandise and shirts, maybe like the offset, but I don't know. Yeah, like, and, and the interesting thing too is, um, like, when we worked with other creators, like, very often what they'll do is, and, you know, we've even fell prey to this, is they'll make merchandise with, like, their logo on it. But the thing is, like, nobody knows your logo yet, right? Like, nobody knows who you are yet. And the idea is, like, you want to make merchandise that just looks awesome that's in the vein of, like, or, like, the, the realm of your world. For example, like, if your character has a cool looking shirt that doesn't have a, like a logo on it, it just looks cool in the comic world. Like even just selling a, a version of that shirt, 
right? Like, because then it's like, oh, it's about this uh, this actual character in the in the comic. So there's a ton of ways that you can make money around your comic that isn't your comic, and that was kind of what we looked into. We noticed that there's a ton of creators out there that don't make any money, but their work is phenomenal. And me, I came from uh, uh, the entrepreneur world looking in on this, trying to figure out how do you make money with this and then discovered with Greg, like I remember this was like probably four or five years ago, we discovered, I think like the number one horror comic creator in the UK, like lives in his mom's basement and is 40 something years old and like barely pays the bills. And that's like the issue is that is because he went solely down the comic book creation uh, lane. But think about it. Even Marvel has movies and action figures and all of this other stuff that makes that money. So I even got a 3D printer now and I'm looking at potentially making little action figures we could sell or, you know, yeah, give I've been, away. I've been thinking and, about that too because like, like, I don't like right now. I don't know my target market. I don't know. Is, is my book for kids or for teenagers? I don't really know. But I... I still want to make toys so I can, you know, give toys out to kids because, I, I mean, I ain't think kids play with toys anymore, but I got children now and they're playing with toy, toys hardcore and the kids, I'm looking outside at, they're still playing with toys. So, okay, toys still a thing. So, like, I want to go that route because, I mean, people, st- kids still playing with spawn toys and spawn is definitely not for kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's definitely a cool route to go is to try to figure out how to um, how to expand what you like the your world outside the comic book. So like our biggest venture for that is trying to create an entire video game. Like honestly, you'd be amazed if you can create some two D scroller, right? Like you find someone to make a two D scroller of your game and they just he's just fighting bad guys. Like that's a really cool idea, right? Yeah, like that's, our, I, that's, yeah. that's that's what I want. Uh, I want the 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 uh the Ninja Turtle uh style yeah. game the old Sega style one <laughs> yeah like uh, yeah it's oh, it's one coming out bad. now and I don't follow the developers on on uh Instagram and they're real low key and nobody no followers basically and I'm like man when I get some money I can reach out to them because the game look dope but they definitely got nothing under their belt they probably got that and another game that's it yeah there's See, that, a, that's what's there's cool a guy that came to me because he knows that we're making a game slowly and he wants to make like a indie comic version of like mortal Kombat, and i'm like oh i know a lot of people that would want to be part of that he's like yeah so like when you guys are able but it's actually really hard to program because you have to like program all the punches and all that other stuff but royal house um comics they just released uh a fighter with their one of their titles and it. it's pretty it's pretty janky but it 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 works because they have, I mean, I haven't read their, their books per se, but I know them from their posting. They got them their characters as selectable characters. And I guess their signature moves is one of their like power-ups. So the, the game, you know, it works for like marketing, but like, you know, they probably get some money behind it and get better, but it's there, it's out. It, you, they, you got different stages. You got the characters that it looks like the King's character from the books in there. And you can fight with them. You can punch. You can kick. You can shoot fireballs. <laughs> so awesome. yeah. it, it works, but it's definitely you know an indie project. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, that's that's the cool thing though. I'm I'm trying to look it up right now. There was a um, is that it? It's uh, the, the title is called Dombe. D um, A M B E. 
It should be like a yellow, red, and maybe green logo. Cool. Well, can I screen share from my phone? Um, maybe. I, I don't know how. Because I, I, I think if you leave the app, I don't. Oh yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think I can. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, the thing I was thinking of was actually a different thing as well. Though there's this um, there's this bigger artist by you know that's probably signed to like you know atlantic records or something like that um but they had a for for their marketing oh is this it dang it no i can't find it and for their marketing they had somebody create a 2d fight game like the old mortal Kombat, and they just had their characters you know two-bit style or eight-bit style eight-bit style, 8-bit style <laughs> and just fighting back and forth and it's really cool because like basically all you have to do is get um, it, if it's 2D, you get the basic punches and kicks down. You echo that on a couple different character designs. And then the only thing you do, have to do after that is maybe give each of them a special move, mm -hmm. right? Because, like, you don't need to make it super complex. But the idea that if someone donates 100 bucks, they get they can download this game on their computer and play it, like, that's a really cool idea. And then you can do giveaways later that include it. Like, once you have that digital asset, like, that's the cool thing about, like, games or anything else that you can create digitally and in the future, there's the whole idea. We discussed this in one of our podcasts before, like NFTs. You can attach like, hey, buy this NFT. It'll come with a comic book and this video game, a bunch of digital stuff. And then you also can get like a discount and buy action figures. Give you Right? And then like you can include other stuff in there. So it's very cool. Like once you get your whole world built, the next thing to do is figure out how to get someone who is a true fan to buy all the stuff that like like, – like, for example, that comic book I showed you earlier, I have a poster on my wall of like one of the panels, right? And so the reason why that's cool is because I like the comic, I like the characters, I like the creator. And mm -hmm. so I wanted to support the creator, right? Yeah. And that's the idea is like if, if you have a true fan, they'll buy whatever you, you sell them because they want to support you in creating more comics. So if you only sell four comics, that's all they can buy. They're not going to buy six versions of the same comic. So if you figure out like, hey, if I sell a hoodie that costs me $20, $25 to make for $30, $35 so I can get a little bit of profit, put that towards an artist to make more comics, right? That's kind of the idea. And the other part is that if if I know that if I fund you so you don't have to work a day job, you can make me more comics, that's how you get the whole Patreon thing, right? That's yeah. the whole Patreon platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so definitely if you're looking to like get more creative – so I would start dabbling with merchandise and toys and apparel, maybe video games, maybe even songs. Like, what if you made a mixtape of the songs that your that your character and your comic made? That would be see, awesome. See, that that was my next route when I do fantasy story art for the, the view. Um, I don't know y'all familiar with DJ Khaled, but one of his yeah. albums, he uh did a merchandise deal. So like uh they bought a shirt and they got an album with the shirt and which is like increases album sales that he got in trouble for but <laughs> i was doing yeah. the same thing like okay you you i don't know you buy the album and you get all the four comics or you get the combos you get an album a deal like that it's in um uh, so like you 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 buy the tier or wherever i got and i send you uh, amazon and i am yeah amazon gift card or apple gift card or apple link um i talked one of my one of my my friends who's you know a little bit more better at marketing he says yeah you just gotta link in with the distributor and they'll give you a link that people just can get the album from the sales and i'm like okay that's dope 
Yeah, yeah. There's, def- there's definitely uh, places you can go where, yeah, you get like a digital um, coupon essentially that allows them to download it. Because, uh, yeah, like I've, I've bought that from uh, a stand-up comedian, right? So I, I went to uh, a local comedy shop when I was in New York and, or a comedy store when I was up in New York. Uh, there was a comedian there. I liked his work. I already bought the ticket. I can't just hand him more money, right? I guess I could. It'd be weird. <laughs> but instead, he's selling a digital version of some of his stand-up on a little plastic card that has a code on it that lets me go to Apple and download it for free, you know, for free after I've already bought it. But the whole idea is like that's that's a really cool way to get someone to get your uh, to get more creative works from you outside of just the comic book because that's how you can turn it into. Uh, like a hobby of creating comics that's kind of just funded or uh, crowdfunded to potentially like a business where you can, you know, earn money doing it, be a creator, like, like the YouTube creators. Think about it. The only difference is that everything they do is digital. So it looks, it feels like it's different, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. They just pump out so many videos because it's free to, for them to do in the beginning where with a comic book, obviously it costs a ton of money to get set up. So if you can figure out how to basically, Grow your fan base doing crowdfunding in the beginning so that you're at least like semi-neutral in expenditures. And then the goal would be to take that and try to offer more things and then make an exclusive group that people come and support you as a creator so you can make more things for them. So that's why like we have our Nova Nation, right? That's the thing that we're uh, releasing very soon. We're basically working with our creators um, where people will be able to donate to our platform just like you could with Patreon. They can sign up for a monthly subscription. They already get access to the comics for free. So what we're offering in exchange is you know, maybe some behind-the-scenes artwork, some concept work, some unreleased comics, maybe like comics that are in the works. Um, we have the video game. When that comes out, that'll be like something that they'll get access to first and uh, potentially for free uh, as opposed to other people who might have to buy it. And then um, – you know, we're going to have, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, like unreleased podcast episodes. So like yesterday we had a two hour long podcast and the first section, we didn't talk about like anything that he was doing. We just like tangent it off on the star Wars and all this other stuff. And we're going to, yeah, and we're going to offer all of that as like a completely back end uh, to our platform. So someone will be able to listen to that, enjoy that. So, you know, we'll probably upload it to SoundCloud as an unlisted thing that we can embed on our website. Right. So figuring out a way to give your, community more and not reduce the stuff you're already releasing so whatever you're releasing now you got to maintain that that's what all the youtubers do right they'll keep putting out video after video and then like okay we're going to make more videos on another platform and you have to pay to get access to it so if you want me all the time you get to pay for it and uh the idea is that yeah if you slowly build your fan base you know keep running these kickstarters until you grow your fan base keep marketing on instagram and facebook get offer new stuff like t-shirts which you can do drop shipping with Right, you don't have to buy a bunch of T-shirts. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm gonna get. That's what I'm gonna do after this, this uh, Kickstarter campaign because I like, like, he's having this stock st- pile of T-shirts around. Like, that's oh yeah, yeah. yeah I you- uh, actually drop ship the shirts so I don't have to actually like send them off. I did that one campaign and then I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that again because I had to shove like a three XL shirt into this yellow envelope and I'm like, yeah, that's not happening again. <laughs> yeah. So like this site right here, this is Printify. We literally just use this site. We put our own designs in here and we link this to our website using uh, WooCommerce and that's it. Like, you know, and then like, so we don't have to pay to hold on to a bunch of inventory. We ba- if someone wants to buy it, they can go to our store and they can pick it up. So yeah, definitely like that's the idea is you want to get fans that are so hungry to support you. They're on your site. They're like, where can I go to give you money for something? Here's a t-shirt. Awesome. I love wearing that. 
And then the only other thing I would say is whatever you get for apparel specifically, like merchandise, that's like uh, toys, like action figures, like, you know, as long as they look cool, that's fine. But when it comes to clothes, make sure they're comfy because like for me, I, I you know, if, if I, if I get a t-shirt, <laughs> if I get a t-shirt and it's not comfy, I'm not going to wear it. I don't care that it supports somebody. Right. I have an old spice t-shirt I wear all the time because it's super comfy. I'm not yeah. trying to like brandish, you know, uh, what's it called old spice, you know, like it's whatever. I don't not like them, I guess, but it, it's just because it's a comfy t-shirt that I wear. So if you get some comfy apparel, it doesn't matter. $25 t-shirts, like people will buy it to support you. Like people do it on YouTube all the time. It's just fun making sure that you get those like true fans. You offer good quality merchandise. And the whole point is they know that that's going towards your creation. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But cool. That was that was definitely uh, awesome uh, learning about. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome learning about a lot of the uh, stuff that you've done for the creation and a lot of the stuff you're working on now. And uh, people know where to find your Kickstarter. But before we let you go, where do you want people to go for you? Like, where are you trying to grow your Instagram, your Facebook? Where do you want people to find you? Well, first of all, I want people to go to the Kickstarter. Um, if you go there, you know, type in Legacy View Number Four or Boots on uh, Shadows One Through Four, it should come up. And we'll have the link in the description. Yeah. And you can um, catch up to all the works through that Kickstarter. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of that will be available after the fact. Uh, but definitely um, go there right now. You catch up pretty cheap and jump on board to a new series. Um, if you're hearing this after the Kickstarter, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Legacy of the View. Um, very simple. Just like the name of the series as well legacyv.com if you want to get uh digital uh, versions or the uh physical version of the books as well as merchandise like we said i got t-shirts posters on there as well awesome awesome very cool well thanks for uh thanks for coming on uh, thanks for having me <laughs> definitely